Hope you'll pray for us during the time that we try to stand before you this morning and that the Lord would bless us here together. We talked a little bit last week about a uh, portion of Scripture that you find over in the 13th chapter of the book of John. And I want to turn back to there this morning as a place to start, uh, but kind of focus on a slightly different angle of the of the subject this morning, if the Lord would bless me here for a little while. But 13th chapter of the book of John, and uh, we find that the Lord himself was making a statement to his apostles uh, as, uh, as he was about to, uh, to leave them and to, uh, uh, to go away to, to, the, to the Heavenly Father. He tells them in thir- uh, chapter 13, verse 34, he says, A new commandment I give unto you, uh, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, disciples, if you have love one to another. We talked about a little bit last week. This uh, this is not just a uh, John chapter 13 type comment. If we look in John chapter 13, we turn on over to John chapter 15, we'll find the Lord repeating this again to his disciples. The, the significance of this, I think, is 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 great when we consider that this the uh, the 13th 14th 15th uh, 16th chapters of the book of John of course 17 as well is a prayer uh, that's laid out but the, these books of the bible are the things that occurred on the last night before Jesus was crucified and so if you think about uh, any of us, you know, certainly he knew all things. He knew what, what was ahead of him. He knew that death was coming. He knew his time had now come. He had told people on numerous occasions while he was preaching and teaching that in Israel during that time and across the land of Galilee, and there would be those that would gather together to try to stone him to death or take him out to the side of the town and cast him off the hill. And the Bible would say that he disappeared right from in their midst because his time had not yet come. Jesus came for an appointed day and appointed time. It's not a, it's not a coincidence that Jesus died on the Passover day. First uh, Corinthians chapter five tells us that Jesus Christ, who is our Passover, uh, he is that Passover lamb, and so he came to die at the very time and appointed the the feast that they had been celebrating all down through the years from the time they came out of Egypt, where the first Passover occurred up until this very time. Jesus was coming to an appointed time and day, and he he knew what was lying in front of him. And so as he is leaving his disciples, as he's leaving that last supper, as he's leaving this time where he had washed his disciples' feet and given them one last example, you know, that that they should do as he had done, he leaves them and he says, a new commandment. Uh, This is something new. Uh, I'm not going back and telling you, love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. This is the first and great commandment. The second's likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. But a new commandment I'm giving you. Love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Uh, today, when we look in, uh, around a church, and I, I think I mentioned this last Sunday, but uh, maybe bear to repeat just a little bit of some of those things that we talked about, is the fact that when we, get, when we think about a church and when we think about a home and we think about uh, uh, a marriage and we think about our children and our grandchildren and our parents and think about uh, us as just a church body here together, what we are to do, we are to be his disciples. The word, the word disciples means a follower, a student, a, a pupil, a learner of Jesus Christ. We're to be followers of him. Well, Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, then I want you to uh, love one another 
as I've loved you. And by this will people know that you're my disciples. The marking element of the church of the New Testament uh, today should be our love one to another. And so if we, if we think, how do you, you know, how do you do that? Well, I can't love one to another unless I do something one to another. So you have to do something for each other uh, by showing showing that love. That's true in a marriage, too. The word uh, love in a marriage is not, uh, is not just a verbal, I tell you I love you. It's an action verb uh, where you go out and actually show people uh, and show your spouse, show your children uh, that you love them. So we're to show one another uh, that we love each other. One of the ways that you do that, the Bible talks about numerous occasions. The Apostle Paul would tell people, to greet one another with a holy kiss. Uh, so we're, we're to greet each other, welcome each other, uh, talk to each other, find out about each other, and show compassion one to another with all these things that, uh, uh, that, we, that take place here. So he, he, tells, he tells his apostles this in John chapter 13. He goes on and repeats it twice over in the 15th chapter of the same book of John. And then if we turn over, I think I mentioned this last week, but we, if you turn over to the third chapter of first John you'll find that John uh, didn't forget the message so as he's he's writing to the new Te- to the New Testament church and the churches that he was affiliated with uh, he tells them this in uh, the third chapter of first John then goes on to tell them again uh, about three times or so in the in first John chapter four uh, we may go back and read just a small portion of that but he tells us uh, uh, talking about trying the spirits and knowing those things in first uh, John chapter four he says we are a he said, uh, <clears throat> year of God, verse 4, year of God, little children, have overcome them because greater, greater, greater is he that's in you than he in the world. I, I'll pause on that verse of Scripture because this follows after the portion where it talks about trying the spirits, knowing what is trying to influence you. And then he comes in here in this verse 4 and says, year of God, little children talking about if you've been born of the spirit of God ye are of God you're God's children and he he goes on and tells us and have overcome them talking about what the spirits the spirit of antichrist the things that would be in this world that would speak against God he says ye have overcome them uh, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world so why would I pause on this in the middle of this this sermon for just a minute just to make a point for you as, uh, as we go a little bit further down you know what? The spirits, a lot of times I'm afraid as God's children, we discount what really lies within us when we've been born of the Spirit of God and the power that lies within us. And, and so for us to make excuses, I can't do this. I can't overcome this issue. I can't overcome this problem. You are basically in, in word, if you say that verbally, or in mind, if you're just thinking this, when you say, I can't do this, uh, you're discounting the power of the Holy Spirit that lies within you and Christ in you, the hope of glory, and saying, I can't... Now, if you're if you're saying this, if you're saying I can't do this, but I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthened me. Okay, I'll go for that. All right, we can't do it of ourselves, but by the power of God that lies within us, I can learn to control my tongue. I can learn to control my thoughts. 
I can learn to control. Uh, uh, maybe so. Somebody says, "Well, look, you're not as love. You know, love one another." Well, I'm just not as lo- I'm not that loving of a person. Well, by the power of Christ, you can overcome this lack of com- love and compassion and showing this to one another because He'll give you the ability. God wouldn't call you to do something that He wouldn't empower you to do by His Spirit and by His power. So, uh, you know, so ex- get rid of the excuses out there. You know, and said I. I can't do this or I can't do that. Yes, you can by the power of Christ. You can overcome. Well, you know, I just can't forgive this person. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can You can forgive. Uh, you can have love and care. Uh, so, Well, you just don't know what they've done to me, Brother Charles. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I don't care, don't care. But I'm just saying it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what they've done. By the power of Christ, you can forgive. And move on with your life and not become bitter and hateful and whatever else it might lead to because uh, of that bitter seed that lies within you. So he tells us here, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Uh, so, yeah, when uh, so let's pause on this for a minute too. So, so they are of the world... And they speak of the world, and the world hears them. <clears throat> well, I just can't forgive that person. Yeah, I don't blame you. I wouldn't do that either. That's the world speaking. That's the world talking. Uh, I can't do this. Well, yeah, I understand. I, I support you in that, brother. You know, I, this habit's hard to get rid of. And that old tongue and that... Yeah, yeah, I understand. That's the world speaking of the world, okay? So when, so, when, uh, so when somebody else corrects you and admonishes you by the power of God, you can do this. That's the Spirit of God speaking. Okay, so he says, They are of the world, therefore they speak thee of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Uh, if they won't hear you, it's the spirit of error when you're talking about the things of God. Beloved, let us love one another. Whoa, there it is again. <laughs> Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. This kind of love, this kind of compassion comes from a heart that's been changed. Uh, when you really have a, well, when God has born you of the Spirit of God, has changed this old hard and stony heart, this heart of flesh, into a heart of, into a heart of softness and a heart, heart born of the Spirit of God. Now, this is the kind of love. One, everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, uh, loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. I want to, again, pausing there. To say you don't know God, that is not necessarily saying that you're not born of the Spirit of God. It's just saying you're not know, you don't know God like you should know God because if you did, you'd be acting like God. Uh, you'd be trying to be His disciple and a follower of Him. So in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God, again, what is love? Love is doing something. <laughs> and this was manifesting the, manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we through that we might live through Him. What did He do? He didn't just say, "Well, I love you." <laughs> no, He lo- He said He loved us. 
And he loved us with an everlasting love. And he sent his son down here to die for us so that he might redeem us and purchase us and take us home to be with him in heaven. Hearing his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the atonement, uh, the atoning sacrifice. That word atonement simply means to cover uh, I think I mentioned this last Sunday, but we'll re- bear to repeat. Uh, that word atonement has to do with the same thing, the pitch that covered the ark both in and out. It was the covering. Uh, uh, it was the animal skins that covered Adam and Eve in the garden. It, it was their covering. Uh, and so Christ died to become the, to be the propitiation, to be the covering for our sins. Uh, that atonement, uh, that mercy seat, uh, uh, that covering of the law for you and me. Is what Christ became. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also we ought also to what? Love one another. If God loved us that much, and certainly uh, anyone anyone that's that's honest with with themselves, it's always a good thing to be honest with yourself. <laughs> uh, don't don't deceive yourself about who you are. Uh, it's good for us to say anybody that's honest with themselves and say, you know what, I'm a sinner. I know that I have failed, I have sinned, I have, uh, I'm that by nature and I'm that by practice a lot of times that I have failed in this old world. And if God so loved us as sinners, then we also ought to love one another, is what he says. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected. In us, so when we love one another, God's love is perfected in us. And so, uh, part of what I want to talk about today, if we get to all of this, uh, is talking about there's a lot of things the Bible says that we ought to do one to another. We ought to be showing things to one another, uh, and so that's how. That and again, when we know this, I mean, think about think about if you had a list. I've got a short list. Uh, uh, what if you had a list of things we ought to be doing one to another? What a great... I, every now and then you could go back and just look at it and say, you know what, I wonder if I've shown love to one another lately. I wonder if I've been forbearing with one another like I should. In other words, kind of long-suffering, forbearing with somebody in their, in their problem. Uh, uh, well, the Bible says we're to love one another, forgive one another, and you're not doing that. <laughs> work on me and forbear with one another. <laughs> anyway, so we'll get to some of those verses maybe that look at this. No man hath seen, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he, because he hath given us, uh, given us of his spirit and we have seen and do testify that, that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him, and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in Him. Okay, so we'll just stop in there. All of that's good, good stuff. We could go in there and comment uh, on and on and on. Uh, but we love him because he first loved us, and we are to love one another as he hath loved us. And by this, <clears throat> people will know that we are his disciples. The world will know that we're his disciples because we have love 
one to another. It's, it's, uh, well, I'm telling you, and we, again, some of this we mentioned last, last week, but just think about this. Uh, what is so lacking in the, uh, in the world that we're living in today is loving one another uh, and, and forbearing with one another. Think, think about, I mean, you just go out to the political arena right now, you know, and everybody's trying to find fault with one another. Let's find a problem with one another. Let's don't forbear with one another. Let's don't have any compassion for one another. And certainly let's not love one another. Let's just see what we can find wrong with someone and, and beat them up about it as much as we can. Well, that's the world. <laughs> that's the world talking and the world hears them and man, they eat it up and they love it. Okay. Uh, but we are to be different. <laughs> we are to be a different reflection, a different sight in the world that, uh, that we live in. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we'll start there maybe and, uh, and go from there. We'll just see how this works this morning. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, the the apostle uh, apostle Paul right to the church at Ephesus uh, begins to lay out some principles for them, and so uh, we'll at least uh, grab a couple of things here in this portion of scripture. He's uh, for chapters one through three. Read Ephesians one through three sometime. It's a great uh, testimony of what all God has done for us. Then he begins to talk about. Our service to God, I believe, with chapter uh, chapter 4 and how we are to love one another and so forth. So he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you or beg you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Uh, I think I've said this before, but uh, again, d- does it ever hurt to repeat? Repeat uh, learning uh, and teaching uh, is one way to learn. So uh, vocation it tends to, when we, somebody thinks about their vocation, it tends to think about doing something, the work that you do. So Paul says that he's the prisoner of the Lord and he's begging them that they walk worthy of the vocation wherewith they are called. So I think what he's talking about is the calling they have of God to serve him and to worship him. And this is not to be a do-nothing vocation, but they're to walk worthy of the vocation that they're called to. Uh, and And that gets into how we live. Our walk is our life and how we conduct ourselves before one another. And he says that we're to do this with all love and meekness with long suffering forbearing one another in love there's that little phrase one another so we're to do this how lowliness meekness uh, we're to uh, not to be puffed up or exalted in how we work and walk with one another but with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering and forbearing enduring uh, love one another uh, in, in, in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. Now, I know he's talking to a church, but you can take that and apply that to a lot of different circumstances and situations, uh, uh, to family, home, children, marriages, and so forth, uh, that we are to walk worthy of the vocation. Have you been called to be a child of God? Have you been called to be a member of God's church? Uh, have you been called to be a husband? Uh, have you been called to be a wife? Have you been called to be a, a child? Uh, he tells us, uh, you say, well, that's not just a calling, Brother Charles. We're actually, uh, we're born into this. Well, uh, I think people, God calls upon us 
to be good husbands and to be good wives and to be good children. And so we've got some, some foundation here about how we do this, that we're to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called and do it with all lowliness, meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. <clears throat> why, would he, why would he say that the way he said it? I, I, I want you all to think with me for a minute, right? Forbearing one another in love. Well, it's one thing to say, well, I'm bearing with the situation, <clears throat> but not very much love. <laughs> I'm bearing with this person over here, and I'm trying to get through this as much as I can. No love. He tells us, for bearing love. In other words, you're there not only bearing with them in this whatever it is, husbands, wives, church members, bearing with them in this circumstance, in this situation. But you do it in a loving way too, right? Forbearing in love, endeavoring, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So there's a Spirit, uh, keep the unity of the Spirit and also in the bond of peace while we're here together forbearing with one another, not fighting about it all the time, <laughs> not fussing about it all the time. Uh, you know, and I have. I've seen it uh, over the years. You know, sometimes uh, the, one of the things a church can, will, can lose, some little circumstance come up, some little situation come up, and people lose the unity of the Spirit. My spirit wants to reign over your spirit, and your spirit wants to reign over my spirit, and this spirit wants to reign over that. But it's not the unity of the the spirit of God trying to bear out in the situation. So he says, "Let us do this." So one thing, if you're if you're writing your list down with me this morning, forbearing with one another in love, so uh, that uh, that we might in the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, even called into one hope. So we could go into all that, but I won't go on down into that this morning. Uh, uh, we'll skip over here. He talks here about, if we go down a little bit further in this fourth chapter, he talks about uh, the the gifts that are given to the church. Some are, some are apostles, some are uh, pastors and teachers, some are evangelists and so forth. Some are prophets. Uh, uh, but he says uh, uh, that these, these gifts were given for the perfecting of the saints, uh, for the work of the ministry and edifying of the body. He goes on down through there and begins to talk about how the whole body fitly joined together, you know, works together better when it's in, in harmony and so forth. And he tells us then in verse 22 uh, to put off uh, concerning the former conversation. So this is what I call the section. He does it both here and we'll skip over to the Colossian letter in a minute, Colossians chapter 3. But he talks about us as children of God. Uh, and I like to I like to think of it this way. Maybe you know, maybe it's just me and my strange way of looking at things sometimes. But he tells us as children of God that we're to put off some things and to put on other things. Uh, I kind of think of it as you're as you're a born again child of God. There's things that we ought to. There's kind of clothes we ought to put off. And there's clothes we ought to put on. We ought to be clothed a little differently than we have been in the past. And so he tells us here in verse 22 to put off concerning the former conversation or style of life, conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. <clears throat> Paul's writing here talks about to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Reminds me very much of the portion of Scripture he writes in Romans chapter 12 where he tells us to... 
to uh, present our bodies uh, uh, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your uh, reasonable service. And then he goes on to tell us uh, to, not be, to not be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Uh, that we might learn the things of God. So he tells us here, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Why? That you may put off the new man, uh, put on the new man after God, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away these things. Lying, speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Uh, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. A lot of times people will try to, will put that to a marriage circumstance. That'll work in a marriage circumstance, but he's telling us here, he's talking to a church. He's talking about being one body in Christ. And he says, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Be be ye angry and sin not. He didn't say never get aggravated with anybody. He said, don't carry it to the point of being sinful in these things, right? And don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. I think the implication is here uh, that if you let the sun go down upon your wrath, you're giving place to the devil. (laughs) You're giving the devil an opening to come in and tweak you and twitch you and just make it get worse and worse and worse in you. So he says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his own hands the thing which is good that you may may have to give to him that that needeth. Don't steal anymore. Rather, use your labors to work so that you might be able to give give to somebody. So that you might give to somebody that has a need. I mean, this falls right in so much with everything. I know Brother Adam's been doing a lot of teaching, you know, on, on Sunday afternoons and Sunday mornings uh, when he's with us on Sunday mornings. But, you know, work and labor so that you can give to somebody else. I mean, there's a lot of needs uh, if we just look around our community, I mean, we don't have to look too far. I mean, you know, like like we we talk sometimes that you know what we need to clear out the we need to clear out the closet. We can clear out the closet and help some other people too by going and just give stuff away. I mean, we most of us here probably have excess of what we need. Just being honest, uh, and we could probably and it's wasting away in our closets and our attics and our basements and other places. So anyway, uh, labor with your hands to give to him that might need it. Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another. <clears throat> One to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, <clears throat> even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So we got we got two more to the list. Uh, not only are we to love one another and forbear with one another, we're to be kind to one another uh, and forgive one another. So uh, I mean, you start getting a little. We're supposed to be doing this to one another. <laughs> I mean, uh, to one of those things that uh, I came across back. You know, several weeks ago, studying the scripture, I thought, boy, this is pretty interesting. I don't know that I've thought about this like this before. There's some things we're supposed to be doing, and like I said, you can carry it to the church, you can carry it to your home, you can carry it to your marriage, you can carry it to your family, you can carry it to your children. All of these things that we love, care, be kind, and forgive one another. Let's turn over to Colossians. That's just a couple of books over because he more or less repeats some of the same things. He tells us here. Uh, 
Again, talking about putting off, I'll not go all the way up to verse 8 of of Colossians 3, but he says, put off these, anger, wrath, malice. He repeats the same thing to another church, and he gets down there on verse 12 of Colossians 3. He says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy, beloved, bowels of mercies, uh, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, If any man have quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So, again, we do this to who? To one another. uh, To me, some of the language is so neat to think about because now it's not, I'm not having to say, well, I do this to the men, I do this to the women. No, we do it to one another. That covers everybody. <laughs> it covers the children. It covers the ladies. It covers the, the, the wives. It covers the husbands. It covers, We just do this to one another. That's how we're supposed to be uh, as we walk through here and, and serve God. So he says, uh, uh, forgive one another and above all these things, put on the charity, which is the bond of perfectness. So uh, we've got several things here we can do uh, one, one to another. Let's go one more. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, let's well, go back up. Uh, above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So one thing we're supposed to do is admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts, to the Lord. So how do we admonish one another? Well, one way we admonish one another is through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, so you, you can't do that very well if you're not here for the song service so that you can admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Oh, so there's something we need to do to one another by calling out songs, by singing songs that are on our hearts and on our minds. You know, maybe we just feel like singing Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Or maybe we just feel like singing and admonishing one another. What are, what are we admonishing one another in that? We're reminding each other that grace is amazing and God's grace is amazing for you and me. Uh, we sing uh, uh, here in the vineyard of our Lord. We're reminding each other that here in the vineyard is a place of joy and peace and happiness. We're admonishing one another when we're singing about how beautiful heaven must be. We're admonishing one another to don't forget how wonderful the home in heaven is going to be one of these days that we're going to get to see. You see how this works? And it begins to prepare your hearts and your minds for the preaching of the service of God. Wow, God's just so amazing. He laid all this out for us so that we could enjoy these great things. Let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians. That's not just one more book over. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We mentioned this last uh, 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 Sunday, but we'll mention it again now because there's a couple more things in here uh, that we ought to get. Uh, you know that this is a portion. If you've been to a funeral, and you've probably heard somebody uh, read First Thessalonians chapter four, verse thirteen, that I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. And he goes on down. And he says. Uh, uh, well, let's read this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so then which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Talking about the second coming of Christ, coming in the clouds. And he says, uh, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain in the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain are caught up together with them in the Lord and the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So yeah, Brother Charles, you know, I, I, I like to hear about the second coming, you know, but you know, you could probably uh, listen to what it says. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. One of the greatest things that, you know, especially as we, as we live in a, in a generation, we're living in a generation, probably for generations in America, for generation after generation, it seems like uh, faithfulness of, of church service and church worship and believing in Christ uh, was continued to see a, a growth of these things. But we're living in a generation where there's a decline in those that are attending church and those that believe in Christ and those that believe in the second coming of Christ. And so uh, there, there are less and less people today probably in America even that are comforted by these words because they don't even believe these words uh, that he's going to come again. But I'll tell you, for those of us that believe that Jesus Christ is our Savior and that he promised us he would not leave us alone, uh, that if he was going to prepare a place for us, he was going to come back and receive us unto himself and we talk about him coming again in the clouds that will be gathered together with him in the air he says comfort one another with these words uh, when you see somebody down you say well okay brother Charles how, how do I comfort somebody with that well one place you know in one time you can comfort people with things like that is maybe you know somebody that's lost a loved one and one of the things you can comfort them with is tell you can tell them by the assurance of the word of God that they'll, they can see their loved one again one of these days. Uh, and, and by doing that, because why? Because Christ Jesus is going to gather us all together again in glory one of these days. And the grave is not the end. And this world is not all there is. And we can tell people uh, uh, that we have a hope in Christ Jesus that we're going to see these loved ones again. And we can comfort one another with these words that that's is, this is not all there is. And it's not just live your life to all you can live and, and party hardy and get down and all these things because this world is... No, that's not all there is. There's a place of joy and peace and comfort on the other side uh, with our Savior. And uh, so we can comfort people with these words. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. This is chapter 5. Uh, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. Uh, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not, uh, they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not, of, uh, not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Now, I'll say this. A lot of people say, well, the day of the Lord is as the thief of the night. Yes, it's going to be as a thief of the night for a lot of people. The Bible says it shouldn't come as a thief in the night for you because you ought to be on guard and ready and looking for him to come. And you ought to know enough about God's word to recognize the time and the season that you're living in and that uh, and anticipating it could be it could be any time. It could be someday soon. So he says, we're not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of the light and children of the day. We are not, the, of, the, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others, uh, but let us watch and be sober. 
For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. A lot of things happen at night. People show up at people's doors at night, you know, and pull guns, uh, you know, on them in the night. And all kinds of things. You know, people that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that are drunken. Let us, that's God's children, let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and, and, and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake, <clears throat> whether we wake or whether we, uh, <clears throat> let me go back, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So uh, there's a lot of things that he talks about here. We'll skip across to uh, uh, keep on going. Uh, uh, whether we wake or whether we sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort, our, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as ye also do. So we're to comfort one another. We're also to edify one another. How do you edify one another? By reminding each other that we're of the day and not of the night. Uh, don't have to be in darkness. Today, people will try to encourage you. Uh, uh, well, they nothing, you know, kind of like I was talking about earlier. Nothing you can do about it. This old wicked old world. Yeah, there is something you can be. You can be of the light. You can be a bright spot in this old world. You can be a person that loves and cares and lets God's light shine so that people can see you're his disciples. And you can edify one another with these kind of discussions. Uh, uh, There's something that God's people need spiritually. And we can talk about spiritual things and talk about godly things. Have you ever sat around and just talked a little bit with somebody? Maybe talk a little bit about the Bible or just talk about it. When you got done, you say, yeah, yeah, I feel better. Why? Because it's edifying to you. Maybe it's listening to a good Christian song on the radio. Or maybe it's listening to a good CD that you've got of Christian songs and Christian music. Or maybe today with all the podcasts and things that you've got, you can listen to preaching and teaching out there on the Word of God uh, on your phone or at home. Uh, There's ways we can do. Why? To edify one another. We are to try to edify one another in in these things as well. So... uh, I want to turn over to uh, to another couple of places. Uh, he tells us, we've already talked about, we're able to admonish one another uh, and, and so forth. But uh, uh, maybe one other place that I'd like to turn. Let's turn over to Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 10. Now, I could go into talking about Hebrews 8, 9, and 10, but all this is talking about Christ, His priesthood, what He did, how we're not redeemed with corruptible things such as the, uh, the you know, silver, gold, glass, but it doesn't say, you know, in other words, we're not uh, purchased with the blood of bulls, goats, the ashes of a heifer, and all those kind of things, but with the precious blood of the Son of God. And so as he gets down here into a portion of this 10th chapter, he says, uh, he says this, uh, having therefore brethren, verse 19, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus and by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Boy, I was reading that again the other day, Brother Adam, and 
Uh, boy, if that doesn't if that doesn't look like a whole lot like what we've been talking about in Leviticus uh, on uh, on Wednesday nights. Uh, but have our hearts sprinkled. You know, in the Old Testament, and we've been talking about, they would go and they'd make peace offerings, and uh, all, and they would go and they'd sprinkle the blood seven times before this. They'd sprinkle it around the altar. They'd sprinkle it around the altar of incense and all this stuff. And now we get here to the New Testament. Paul's writing this book of Hebrews, and he talks about let us draw near. What is, it, what is the whole purpose? We've talked about this on Wednesday night. Brother Adam's done such a great job of talking about us being more holy, about us having a closer walk with God. And what do you do to draw near to God? Well, what you do is you walk more like a child of God and you act like one and live like one. And so he tells us, let us draw near with a true heart. How do we draw near to God today? We don't draw near... Uh, by going and sacrificing a bull and a goat and some turtle doves and pigeons and and uh, going a wave offering and going to bring in our meal and our fine uh, fine flour and all we don't draw near like that anymore. Now we draw near to God with a true heart, and He says, "Let us draw near to God with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled, uh, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience." We need, we need our hearts sprinkled so that our evil conscience doesn't constantly work on us about doing things that are wrong. Let our hearts be sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith uh, without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So one of the things we ought to be doing is provoking one another, one another, to love and to good works. Considering one another and provoking one another to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, uh, the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. So we've got some jobs. We can exhort one another. We can encourage one another. We can provoke one another to love and to good works and so much more as we see the day approaching, as we see the day of our Lord returning, approaching more and more, and we see the evil in this world, it's more and more and more. Boy, if I could hammer this message, I'll hammer it home to you. I can't hammer it home to the United States of America. I can't hammer it home to every church in this country. Uh, So I just got y'all this morning, okay? So I want to hammer it home to you. It's more important today as we see the day approaching. The world is more evil, evil, evil today, uh, as much much and as more so than it's ever been. So in today's world... It's more important that us that we draw near with a true heart, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, exhorting one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. As we see this day of Christ's return, return coming, it's even more and more important that we not forsake the assembly and that we provoke one another while we're here for these things. So let me, let me just close with one other place. Let's turn back to the Galatian letter for just a minute uh, because there is something here that I would like to grab a hold of real quickly if I can. And that's assuming I can find Galatians, right? Uh, oh, it's right after 2 Corinthians. I knew that. So in Galatians chapter uh, chapter 5, and Galatians is filled with a lot of, uh, you know, the, the Galatians has 
you know, some really good things and some really dark things in it too. But Galatians 5, he talks about here are the works of the flesh and here are the fruits of the Spirit. And so uh, he t- he's kind of telling them uh, as we go through this whole letter, there's thing, there were people there that were stirring them up, trying to encourage them to fall back under the law and be circumcised and all this kind of stuff. And Paul is encouraging them there that, that they come together in one mind and one heart and one spirit, kind of like we were talking about in Ephesians. But, and he tells them, uh, you have been called under liberty. It's a great thing for us to be called into the grace of God. And you say, you know what? God's grace is what saves me. It's not what I've done and what the works that I do. That's all, all great. He says, for brethren, you've been called under liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion for the flesh. Don't use the fact that God has saved you by His grace as an excuse or a reason. Say, well, I can just do whatever I want to do. No, you can't. Not and be a child of God and serve Him like you should. He says, for brethren, you've been called under liberty. You only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh. But by love... Serve one another. So we're to serve one another, right? He goes on a little bit further down through here in this same fifth chapter of the book of Galatians. He talks to us and encourages us not to do like uh, some people have done. He says we're to have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, they that are Christ, have crucified the flesh with with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. So here's a kind of provoking that you can have where it's kind of bad provoking. Provoking one another, envying one another. Don't provoke one another in a bad way and don't envy one another in, in the ways that we shouldn't. And he also tells us, I think, back over in the same Galatian letter, uh, it talks about that, don't bite and devour one another. Churches have been known to bite and devour each other and, and get a bad name in Christ. So let us remember, love one another. That's the great commandment. Comfort one another. Edify one another. Serve one another. Forbear one another. And forgive one another. And if we'll do all that, man, what a place this will be. And you'll be glad to come in here and sing songs of psalms and hymns of praise, admonishing one another. While we do. Boy, what a great thing God has given us in His Word. May God bless you as our prayer.